0: Welcome to Our Faith in Writing. I'm Charlotte Donlin. As a writer and a spiritual director for writers, I believe writing and reading help us belong to ourselves, others, God, and the world. Our Faith in Writing explores the intersection of writing and faith through conversations about the writing process, the reading life, contemplative practices, and more. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear an episode from one of my old podcasts that explores themes connected to Our Faith in Writing. You may hear the Lists of Nine podcast or the Art and Faith Unplugged podcast mentioned during this episode. And that's okay. You're still here with us at Our Faith in Writing. Thanks again for listening. I had COVID for several days and while I was sick I watched Gilmore Girls and I don't think I had ever watched it besides like when it first came on TV a long time ago, way back in the day, when you had to like sit down and watch it on whatever night it came on. Um so it's been fun. Like I started with episode one, season one, and I can't remember what season I'm on now. Um, Rory is starting her sophomore year at Yale. So that's where I am now. Um, so while I've been watching Gilmore Girls, what I have noticed the most is the food. And a quick Google search showed me that a lot of other people have noticed the food in Gilmore Girls. And... um Okay, let me back up a little bit. When I was earning my MFA at Seattle Pacific University, um, I had to read 60 books and write what they call an annotation for each of those books. Now, every person in the program does annotations differently um, or sort of or can. But the way I did them was I found something that the author did well and wrote like a thesis Statement about what they did well and found three examples, wrote about those examples, um, provided a bit of literary criticism, if you will, and then at the very end applied it to my own work or wrote about how I could apply that literary device to my own writing. So um, if I were to annotate Gilmore Girls, I would write about the use of food in Gilmore Girls to highlight the ways we belong to each other. So that would be my thesis. And then I would pick like three examples and write about it. But I'm not going to write an annotation about Gilmore Girls. I'm going to just talk about it a little bit here. Um, And some of the ways that food makes appearances in Gilmore Girls when I Googled some of the interesting articles I found that were pretty much the ones at the top of the list um, are these one is from refinery 29 written by Olivia Harrison. And it's called the title is I logged everything Rory and Lorelai ever ate on Gilmore girls. And um it's good. It's like a, uh, list obviously it includes everything they they ate with a few highlights about um you know how they always have coffee and when Rory spelled out happy birthday Lorelai with Malamars and um at confession I had to google Malamar I didn't know what it was it's basically a chocolate covered marshmallow situation um And then, you know, it mentions there's 71 fancy Friday night dinners at um, Emily and Richard's house. So that was one article. Another one I like is um, I ate like a Gilmore girl for a week and here's what happened. This was published at Kitchen, the kitchen, sorry, the K-I-T-C-H-N dot com. You probably already knew that. And it's a cute little um, article and a great concept. I mean, I think that's a good way to write about food for Gilmore Girls. Um, I mean, none of these articles I'm talking about right now are very faith-ish. But I do think food um, helps us belong in all kinds of ways. Um, And it can also help us feel alone in all kinds of ways. And, you know, a lot of the way I view faith has to do with loneliness and belonging and ways we belong to ourselves, others, and God. So, you know, this works for me. Um, So there's that article. And then another one is from bonappetit.com and it's called seven food moments that made you want to be a Gilmore girl. And it's by Andrew Milne, M I L N E. And this one's good. I love the moments that he highlighted. Um, the first one is the is Suki's basket that was made out of goat cheese stuffed pretzel. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and, you know, that's an example. That episode was actually an example of how food um, is used to help people connect with each other and to show the ways or a way that people can belong to each other Um, because it was like the, what's it called? The fundraiser um, where you auction off a basket and then you eat with the person, like the woman who makes the basket eats with the man who gets it. Anyway, Um, he mentions the episode where they all slept out in the garden to ensure The zucchini would be okay for the opening of the Dragonfly Inn. Um, Okay, this one was amazing. The Lorelai and Digger's first date, um, or Jason, you know, they call him Digger for whatever reason, when they went to the grocery store and got all that stuff and ate it out on the little table outside. I thought that was a fantastic um, use of food in Gilmore Girls. And then um, he mentions a few other great food moments from the Gilmore Girls or Gilmore Girls, know thee. So anyway, watching it has made me think about food and the ways food helps us belong. And that made me think about, um, this organization here in Birmingham called Inspiro. And Inspiro is an organization that cultivates Birmingham's Birmingham's creative community so our city can reach its fullest potential. That's what it says on their website. So they believe that beauty matters and those who create beauty matter, and they um, have a vision for transforming Birmingham by cultivating its creative community. Two of my... Dear friends run Inspiro and uh, have um, participated and volunteered a little bit over the years with Inspiro. And um, one thing they believe is that hospitality and um, food and preparing food and offering food at events is a a form of art and a creative offering. And I love how they validate that in um, their volunteers and in others who um, help put on their events and help create beautiful um, tables full of just amazing food and wine and um, how it contributes to the overall atmosphere of their events. And they also do meals with pastors and artists and have these amazing conversations um, and talk about ways that um, church leaders can be encouraged by artists and how artists can be encouraged by church leaders. They also have um, bridge builders events where um, issues related to race are discussed and They, um, you know, have retreats like Lent retreats and Advent retreats and things like that. They do a lot. And, um, the reason I'm talking about them is just, I love how they view food and hospitality as, um, beautiful offerings that we can offer to others as a form of art. So that's kind of one thing that, um, food and Gilmore Girls, led me to um, another thing I want to mention is edible theology. So edible, edible com is run by Kendall Vanderslice. And um, on her website, it says it's a project exploring the role of food and spiritual formation. So Kendall also wrote a book called we will feast rethinking dinner, worship and the community of God. And I read it, couple months ago, I think. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. It's so great. It talks about um ways food and faith are connected and different forms of dinner churches that Kendall um visited and researched and um studied. So I highly recommend the book. There's a lot that you can apply just in normal everyday life. And um and a lot you can apply like within a church setting. Um, it's fascinating. I love books that tell me something new. <laughs> you know, a lot of books about faith can um, just kind of rehash the same thing over and over again. This is not like that. Like this is a beautiful book, um, very well written and lovely. And it's a bunch of stuff that I didn't really know about or haven't heard about. And um, So I definitely recommend We Will Feast, and I recommend you check out edibletheology.com. She offers workshops, curriculum, and different resources for pastors and other church leaders. It says that um, they believe that at the table, God calls us to seek the unity of the body even especially when our theological, social, and political differences threaten to tear us apart. Eating points us towards continual communion with one another, with our bodies, with all of creation, and ultimately with God. So um, check that out. You can also find Kendall on Instagram. Her account there is Edible Theology, one word. Her posts are beautiful there, of course, and I'm going to read a couple of quotes from her book that I like so that you can know what you're getting into there if you read the book. So um, early on, I think in the introduction, maybe, yes, so here's a quote from the introduction. Food is not just a collection of nutrients. Every bite of food is a full sensory experience, a combination of sight, smell, texture, and taste that draws people together. When we eat, we experience the delight of the created order. We experience the sensory magnificence of our human bodies. We commune with one another, and through this connection with all of creation, we commune with and delight in our creator as well. I love that. And that just gives you kind of a sense of where she's coming from in this book. Um, another quote is from her chapter on loneliness and um, a dinner church called St. Lydia's. All right. Here's what Kendall wrote. Our God ordered the world in such a way that our deep craving to be in communion with others and our physical need for nourishment are met in a manner that brings great delight reflecting on the joy God finds in our communion. When the early church met together over meals, they worshiped God through this deep knowledge of communal delight. And um, this chart, sorry, this chapter about loneliness is fantastic. Um, I mentioned it to Kendall and told her that I would love to read more of her thoughts about loneliness and food And the connections between the two. And um, it sounds like she is working on that. So hopefully that will be coming soon to all of us. And that's all. I'll just read those two. So I highly recommend this book. And um, it will just make you think more about ways food connects us to ourselves, others, and God. Um, it'll help you think about ways food can be art and can be a creative offering to others and to ourselves. And, um, I don't know. I think you'll like it. All right. That's all for this episode of Our Faith in Writing. Thanks so much for listening and giving your attention to the ways writing and reading help us belong to ourselves, others, God, and the world. I'd love for you to visit us online at ourfaithinwriting.com, where you can find more information about my spiritual direction for writers and other contemplative offerings, read essays and articles by writers who care about faith, and learn more about our partners and sponsors. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlotte Donlan. Subscribe to Our Faith in Writing wherever you listen to podcasts, and don't forget to rate and review the show, letting us know how these conversations help you feel less alone in your writing life and your reading life.